the shame that you feel, not just coming out, because you don't just come out once. Mm -hmm. You come out your whole life. It feels like you're always coming out like, oh, oh, they're gay. Oh, yeah, I've been gay for nine years. You know, I've been out. I've been gay forever. Um, But the shame that comes with that and how, one, terrifying it is. And then how it just spirals into like guilt and more shame, I think, you know. What's up, y'all? My name's Leticia, and you're listening to Confessions from the Closet, a podcast all about vulnerability and overcoming. It's time we get ourselves unstuck from these boxes and these closets that we've allowed ourselves to be trapped in. We're so much bigger than these boxes we've been in. It's time we go deep, y'all. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another week of Confessions from the Closet. I'm excited to have now my regular guest, my wife, Maddie, back on with me this week. It seems to be like an every other week thing that we're doing, which is really hard having two kids and you have a full-time job trying to make sure we get these filmed. So thank you. I know it's late. You're welcome. Thank you for doing this. We had to get Apollo down as early as we could, which is really hard because... Homeboy doesn't have a bedtime, but we're we're trying. Today. We tried today. <laughs> um, today, I really wanted to, there's a couple things. It's kind of like all over the place, but they all have to do with each other, I think. Like what I want to talk about. I don't know. I'm always all over the place, but they all are very impactful, I think, on the LGBTQ community and... Um, they're very harmful. And the main thing I want to talk about is the shame that comes with, I know it comes with just humanity. Like we all feel shame, but as a LGBTQ, as a gay person, um, the shame that you feel, not just coming out, because you don't just come out once. Mm-hmm. You come out your whole life. It feels like you're always coming out like, oh, Oh, they're gay. Oh, yeah, I've been gay for nine years. You know, I've been out. I've been gay forever. Um, but the shame that comes with that and how, one, terrifying it is. And then how it just spirals into, like, guilt and more shame, I think. You know? Yeah. And you feel ashamed for being ashamed. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's just like a never-ending spiral. And so, okay, I guess I'll just share because you can't, I can't go into this topic without sharing why this became such a big thing. Um, last week I was digging in. We had the last time you were on and we talked about me, I was digging into, um, that email that we had discussed that my friend's husband sent me and I was just like reading over it and, um, I printed it out and everything like highlighted it. Oh man, this is what I should have responded. Cause I don't even know if I responded. I never found a sent messages. I so I don't remember. I think because I was just frustrated that I didn't. Um, but I like wrote back on the paper just as my response. You haven't even seen like the things I've written back, but they're yes, real. So there's a lot. They're real sassy yeah. and they're, yeah, very, I don't want to say I'm right, but I'm right um, in my points. Anyways, uh, reading this email, it still hurts. Like, it's still just now I read a couple of things and I was like, my heart started racing and my arms felt real heavy. And that's Your the eyes. same. Yeah. My eyes, did they get watery? Mm-hmm. 
That's the same way I felt reading the emails um, that my boss sent me or that this email or all the things that people who meant well but did damage. Thankfully, the Holy Spirit's voice was a lot louder than theirs for me. But that's not always the case. Um, And just rereading this, I know that this stuff still happens. Nine years after I've come out, we're in 2021. Like, we got to get it together. It's time. Um, But I know that people are still receiving emails like this or comments on Facebook. Or they post on Facebook. Yeah, that. In front of everyone. Yes. They share articles and they're your family member. Against who you are. We didn't choose this. Just like you didn't choose to be Mexican with brown eyes and I didn't choose to be half white, half Mexican. We didn't choose it. I don't have brown eyes. You have hazel eyes. I'm sorry. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) You have hazel eyes. You know what I mean? Like you didn't choose it. I was going to say brown skin, but I said eyes. (laughs) I was trying to be like, you know, we didn't choose our ethnicity or race or whatever. We didn't choose to be a girl. Like we didn't choose who we were born as. We didn't. You can choose to be an asshole, but we didn't choose to be who we are. Yeah. Like just in love well, with a woman. People still think we we did. People still think it's a choice. Mm-hmm. Um, also, just researching more into like the 1946 team, people still think we're pedophiles. It's still associated because of what happened back in history where that was what we became like associated with. It was never meant to be that way. So it's like this whole thing. It's like I remember when I came out, um, one of my aunts saying something about me masturbating or being a pedophile. And it was just like, nope, I'm not that. I love kids and I'm no, okay. You know, like mm-hmm. that's we're associated with bad things because of how the Bible was translated. And it was never meant to be a same sex attracted, loving person. It was you know, mm. like bad sexual things like rape and abuse and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Not who we are. And unfortunately, because of that translation and because of how people see us as LGBT people and their perception, which I said perception is going to get you messed up because it's always wrong. Because of that, I think that's where the shame stems from is because we know what people think. If they don't know a gay person or very good, you know, like a well-rounded, normal person. That's all we are. We're just normal people. We're not like pervs or pedophiles or whatever. We're not those things. And if they don't know that, and we know that they think that of us, like there's this fear and there's this shame that that comes with that, knowing. And so um, just reading this email, and I'm just going to read a little bit of it, and it doesn't matter who it was because – It really doesn't matter. Um, But what matters is that this was said. And I'm not sharing this to be hurtful towards these people. I'm sharing this because this is my story. And this is what was sent to me when I came out. And so for all my straight friends who don't understand how hard it is to be gay, sharing stuff like this, I think will help break down those walls to be like, look, it's time for change. We can't keep using the name of God to be like, oh, but this, because mm-hmm. God said, love, love your God and love your neighbor as you love yourself. And that is all we should be doing. Not, oh, your sin. Oh, you're this. Oh, you're, he also said, get the 
the what the wood pole out of your eye before you go and get the splinter out of your neighbors. Like we got to stop focusing on other people's what we think is sin and just mm-hmm. love people. Absolutely. And this was supposed to be loving, but now reading it nine years later, way more educated, way more. Obviously, the Holy Spirit has guided me to where we are today. Um, I'm like, damn. Yeah, it was deep. No wonder I was in so much pain coming out. Thank God I knew who and then it you was. You got the words right there. It wasn't just a, a conversation. Yeah, I'm not making it up. It's like literally written out. Yeah. I didn't write this. This is a printed email yeah. from nine and a half years ago. Um, so I'll just read a little bit. I don't know. Maybe we'll just, you just tell me when to wrap it up. Okay. There's so many arguments around homosexuality and I don't pretend to feel them the way you do. You are not an argument or a debate. You are a woman who is loved by so many friends, brothers, sisters, parents, but especially by her father in heaven. And I wrote a side note. Yes, I know. I know one thing, you were created in the glorious image of God, and you were born into sin like all of us. Like, I'm like, feel shaky right now. You may have been born with a flesh that is attracted to women, but your identity is in Jesus, and he will give you the strength to persevere to fight. Which, if you hear me on any of my podcasts or any of my speeches, I'm like, first, I'm a child of God. That has never left me. (laughs) Didn't leave me then, still hasn't left me. That is always my first identity. It's like reading this, I'm just like, oh, duh, I know that. First, I want to tell you, truth does not need to be justified. What both of our friends told me is how quick you were to try and justify your choices. Truth should be fought for and defended, but even if no one is there to defend it, truth will remain true. Now, what he's talking about that I was trying to justify my being gay was I told them that I had discovered that the verses were incorrect, that they were mistranslated. I discovered this, and this is what I told everyone when I came out, which is what gave me peace to come out. Mm -hmm. And so he's saying I'm trying to justify my actions, but I was like, hey, the Bible got it wrong. They didn't question it. They didn't go do their own research. They just told me I was trying to justify my sin. Mm -hmm. And I literally found... What is now in archives that I know of at Yale University, I found the same stuff. I just didn't go to Yale. Like, it was available in some forms. My prayer for you, Leticia, is that you would beg God to show you the truth. And at this point, I had begged God to show me the truth, and he did. And he showed me after 12 years of praying. These scriptures were mistranslated. He made me gay. He loved me. And he made me gay for this reason that we talked about why I'm doing the podcast, why I'm this way, to share mm-hmm. his love. That you would stand firmly upon it. I do, I do think you are standing on very shaky ground right now. I do not think it is God's intention, design, or pleasure to have members of the same sex love each other in the intimate and physical way he intended for a man and a woman. Please don't stop reading if that offended you. But know that the gospel truth, which as far as I understand the gospel is... Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The Bible, as the Bible is whole, but the gospel is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's the books that Jesus was talking in, and Jesus never said anything about being gay. So there's that also, side note. The gospel truth will offend because it proves us all to be sinners. Um, and then it goes on. 
and on. But that was a lot of what it, it's like. Oh, I don't know, five pages. Um, but then what got me is I read this part, and he compares my sin of being gay and choosing to walk in being gay to his weed addiction. Nothing to do with each other. Hmm. As far as I'm concerned, weed doesn't hurt people, but also loving someone doesn't hurt people. Sin, as far as I understand it to be, is something that's hurtful. Something I heard of it being explained as the other day was, if you're not walking in your purpose and your calling that the Lord has called you to, that's a sin, which I 100% agree with that. Because if he made you for a purpose and you're not doing it because you're afraid, isn't it doesn't that defeat the whole purpose? I mean, that seems like a sin to me. Like if he made you this creative destiny and you're too afraid or too busy doing other crap to do what he's created you to do, which you will thrive in if you actually walk in it. Mm-hmm. Like that's a sin to me. But we're worried about me loving my wife or him smoking weed. So he compared those to each other. And then he goes down and says, I know there are people in your life you're scared to tell. And I think that is a red flag. People who love you. Sin breeds isolation, Leticia. It fractures our relationships and makes us hide from the people who love us, from God, from the truth. The devil doesn't want us to repent, and so he feeds us a lie that we don't have anything to repent of. And as long as we don't bring our sin before anyone else, no one will tell us we need to repent. Leticia, I need to repent daily for many things, and so do you. And this, this is what got me. I know the Holy Spirit is convicting you, and I know there is a fight going on in your soul. Um... And it just goes on. But, uh, like, one, let's let's just go to the red flag thing that I didn't want to tell people that I was gay. He was talking about my dad. I didn't want to tell my dad. It, like, I came out to them pretty quickly. And I didn't come out to my dad because of how my dad was raised and his family. And um, Southern Baptist Dad, I mean, we were non-denominational. Dads are hard. Dads are hard. Dads are different than moms. Yeah, for sure. Um, And I don't, I think I was the first gay person my dad knew. I mean, I don't know. He probably knew some gay people, but you know, I'm the first one he knew closely. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was scary. And it wasn't that I didn't want to come out to my dad because I thought it was a sin. It was one, because I, I knew he believed it was a sin. Because I had believed that and I was raised by him. I had believed that until God told me otherwise. Mm-hmm. I don't think Satan would tell me, I made you gay so you could go preach about Jesus to people. I just don't think Satan would be the one that told me that. The devil, whoever. Mm-hmm. It was the Holy Spirit who told me that. It was God. You know? And yeah. he's telling me, I know you're being convicted. And I was like, yeah, I'm being convicted that I'm gay because Jesus made me gay to share his love with people eventually, one day, when I was ready, today, this day. But I knew my dad thought it was a sin. That is all he had been taught. And I didn't want to be rejected by my dad. I didn't want to come out because if there was a chance, which every person who comes out feels that there is a chance that they will be rejected by their parents. Not because it's just some crazy idea. It's because it happens. Mm Mm-hmm. 
It's a conditional thing with some parents, unfortunately. There are so many homeless teens who have been kicked out because they came out. And so it's a very rational fear. Not a red flag because it's sin. It's a, I am terrified to be rejected. That happens. I was already an adult. Yeah. Thousands and thousands. Yeah. So many kids happen. That's like one of our passions. When When we dream and we talk about the podcast and we talk about one day when it just takes off, that is something that's on our heart is to help teens that are getting kicked out and to figure out some kind of way that we can help. Mm-hmm. Um, because thankfully we didn't get kicked out. We were adults when it happened, but we know it happens. You know, we don't just be like, oh yeah. Like, no, we know we were fortunate that our story wasn't as bad as a lot of people's are. Yeah. But the red flag, <laughs> I was scared to be rejected by my dad. And I wanted to wait as long as I could for that rejection to happen. You know, I wasn't as close with my dad as I was with my mom. I talked to my mom a million times a day still. So obviously I had to tell her she was going to figure it out or my sister was going to tell her because my sister was having a hard time. So like just the red flag and I know you're being convicted. Like there's also scripture that says nobody knows a man's heart, but the man and God himself. So how could you say, I know you're being convicted if you're not me? Yeah. You can't. And there's so, the the whole email was filled with so many things like that. And I'm not, again, I'm not saying this to like throw shade on this person. I'm saying this because this happened to me and it's still happening today to other people. It's still being said. And I'll say it again. You're not going to hell if you're gay or a lesbian or a transgender or whatever. You're not just going to just keep saying that you're not. So let's stop saying that. Um, And so on to the shame thing. So that was the backstory. I've been reading this email, the red flag with coming out. It was about coming out to my dad. And this weekend we went to Houston for my cousin's wedding on my dad's side. And we never go there. We've been there like we've been around them three times since we've been married. Mm-hmm. It's so far. I mean, you have family there, but that is a long drive. And especially now with a two and a half year old. Yeah. Lesson learned. I would rather fly. Obviously it's more expensive, but goodness. <laughs> I'm still trying to recover. It was like almost 10 hours with a two year old. It was rough. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't go there often. Our, your family lives here. Most of my family, like my mom and brothers and sister all live closer to this part where we live um so we're around them we have safe church family church friends best friends whatever we have people we're we're we have our comfort zone yeah we're We're very fortunate so there my grandma is still alive she is not been diagnosed with dementia but we're like how has she not because she's her memory is very bad quickly she remembers that I have a friend. She's been told for my wife, but she calls you my friend, which is fine. I don't, it doesn't bother us. Um, and she knows you have a little girl, even though that little girl has her last name because I adopted her. Um, but like, even when I talked to her on the phone before we went down, she asked me three or four times how old Apollo was and when I was coming down. Like her memory is really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and we saw that at the wedding. It was really bad. And it was like hard to watch. Like it was, I don't call her enough because 
I don't like seeing her like that. And so I bought. <laughs> okay. And seeing her in person like that and seeing how bad it's gotten was really hard. And then there was a part in the wedding where um, they wanted all the married couples to come out the dance floor. And you were over on the other side, so I was like, okay, she's over there. And then all of a sudden, my mouth's all dry from crying. Um, all of a sudden, you came up and you were going to dance with me. And I was I was totally thinking I was going to dance with you. I was like, okay, where's Maria? Okay, she's not here. It's fine, whatever. And then you came up and you were you were being bold enough to ask me because we're not around them and you're probably not very comfortable around all of them except for the ones you've gotten to know. Um, and I got terrified and I didn't dance with you. I hesitated and because I got fearful and I felt shame and I felt, um, I hurt you, <laughs> which I'm sorry. Um, but I can't be fake and act like, Oh, we have, we're this perfect couples. No, like we have our own struggles and, I have my own internal personal struggles that I don't even realize I have them because I'm not around that family. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't about anybody in the family. It was just about my grandma. And, um, man, it was hard because I went outside afterwards and I came up to you and I just like started crying because I was like, I was ashamed that I did that because I'm like, here I am doing this podcast and, oh, you know, but who am I to do a podcast and encourage other LGBTQ people when I still struggle with shame? But it's like, that's who you are. You're real and you still struggle. It's still a thing because for your whole life, you were told being you was wrong. Yeah. And you didn't want to make your grandma uncomfortable. I didn't want to make her that. uncomfortable. She was already, she asked a hundred times about whose kids who and how old were they and she re-met Apollo like four times that night. She wanted to come meet him, you know. It was hard. That was all a lot. Just that was yeah. a lot. And then it was like, I just felt this shame and this fear just for an instant. And I was so embarrassed. And nobody saw it but us. But I was embarrassed that I did it to you and that it was still a thing for me. Um, yeah, it caught, me, it caught me off guard. Yeah, it caught me off guard. I was because I was thinking, oh, we'll dance, you know, we are married and just like, yeah, we're married, too, because we are. And um, and then that happened like uninstinctively, it just or instinctively. I don't know what it, it just happened. And I mean, it, it embarrassed me that I did that because I didn't I never want to hurt you and I never want to embarrass you. So just I know you know that, but um. I say this because it's just like, as LGBTQ, especially Christians, because that's where all the shame and all the condemnation and all the crap comes from, is from the church that we've been told and that Grammy's been told and that dad was been told, you know, mm -hmm. it didn't come from the biker bar or, you know, it didn't come from the restaurant. It came from and originated from the church the same way that. My parents weren't supposed to be getting married all those years ago. You know, what's it called? Interracial marriage was a bad thing all those years ago. Like, my dad's white. My mom's Hispanic. 
that wasn't okay. Yeah. When my dad brought home my mom, my grandparents weren't happy, you know? And so like that in that the church used to back that the church used to back slavery and they got it wrong. Now it's coming out that they got this wrong, but it's like, how do we, how do we, how do I heal from this thing that I didn't even realize I still had? I know I do. Like, I know I'm fearful. Oh, yes. We are also very comfortable with the places we go. Like, say, we're going to dinner with somebody or we're going to a dance. We're going to a birthday party. It's Even all- if we go to one of your family's weddings, we dance yeah. all the time. Yeah. It's just like, we're not whatever. A, we're not... We're not- super pda people it's just not who no, we are you can't just kissing or anything like no, that no you won't it's just not i mean our closest Around friends them, will see yeah. us kiss at home or at their house but it's not like that's just not who we are we're we were also raised we're mexican and we were also raised um to be modest and respectful it's like some of your family don't drink in front of their parents or they don't smoke in oh, front of their yeah. parents. You know, it's like a cultural thing also for us. It's not like this, we're not lesbian enough. It's just, it's kind of, I think, in us to not be that way. It's not that we're not affectionate. It's that we just, Respectful I mean, in front of my thing. mom, we're all holding hands and cuddling and yeah, we're normal. It's like we're so safe with our dads or not. But that's just a respect thing for us. It's not that they don't love us. It's not that they don't see us as a couple. It's just that we don't. We just love and respect them, I think. And so, but to feel it the way I felt at the wedding in that moment was, it was like, whoa, there's another wound that you haven't healed. It's like trauma that's not. That was a hard one, though. I still deal with that at work. Someone, yeah. People, like, assume that I have a husband, you know, and having to, it's like I'm coming out again, having to, either I'll just ignore it or just, when I do, oh, I actually have a wife. Yeah. It's and hard. It, it, it it's I don't know, it's just You it's don't hard. know how they're gonna react to you. Yeah. Are they gonna storm out? Are they gonna make a scene? I've had customers for years and, and some of them like never talk about it. and then when they do then I'm like and some of them are so sweet, like I have some really good um people that I was afraid to even say anything, but have just been so sweet. Oh, how's your wife and you know, the kids yeah. and but it's you never, never, never easy. No, it's I like you don't. Get, like I'm getting red right now, but I still get nervous. My heart starts beating, and yeah, it's yeah, it's you scary. D- you don't know how it's <laughs> like. This is a red. Or somebody's flag. gonna be mean. You know, I've yeah. been cussed at. I've been so I'm always feel that you don't go out in public like that. No, I don't I have to. I mean, I think I look more gay than you. Mm. Especially when I don't have makeup on and I'm wearing like my work clothes is like. <laughs> baggy men's hat, pants hat covered backwards. in paint and yeah. like drywall stuff you know like i'm just in my work clothes and running back to lowe's to buy something else to finish my project like i look very gay um but i'm working you know mm-hmm. or hat backwards like i'm very i don't ever want to look more masculine than i feel and you know that's like another thing i struggle with um not that i have anything against people lesbians who are masculine like i you do you you did, like he said, that's a red flag that you don't want to pe- tell people. Like, even if it's your closest family member, you have no idea how they're going to respond. You have no idea what their 
thoughts and their feelings are on being LGBTQ or whatever. Well, then, you, and then you you finally get to that place where you're like, oh, they love me, and then one of them has to post something horrible on Facebook, and then you're like, do you so really? is this really real or what? Did, how do you really feel? Mm-hmm. How do you really feel about me? Because you yeah. shared that. Because it's totally did different. Did you not in think about me? Yeah. When you shared that. Yeah. Oh yeah. And sometimes I I don't know what the hell. But yeah, it's then you you can go through that shame all over again. You feel like you've yeah, and it's gotten over it. I think it's harder because we live in a social media age. Yeah, like social media is the best and the worst. Oh, but it can it can be definitely the worst. It can definitely be the worst. That's why it's like my yeah. nope. You're not I'm getting not it. to get on it very often. You have to be careful. I hate Facebook. I'm in the marketplace. <laughs> Yeah, marketplace. I like Facebook for marketplace, except we like to spend money, so that's dangerous. Um, <laughs> but I love TikTok because it gets you on the right side of TikTok and figures out what you like, and then you're just like, yes, my people. Yeah. Um, I like it for that reason. It's a yeah. really good algorithm. Facebook, man, I do not want to see half the crap that they show me. I'm like, you're trying to piss me off? You're like trying to put me like in a it, mood? Yes. I think Facebook like does is that. created by the devil because it's like... <laughs> Everything that comes across my newsfeed is like totally opposite of what we believe. I'm like, have you seen these people? What are they thinking? So they hate transgenders. Okay. Okay. You just have to show me that right now. Thank you, Facebook. Right before we were going to podcast. Yeah. (laughs) I'm in a real good mood. Um, Yeah. And I like Instagram because I found a lot of people that I call like, I call them my friends. I've never met them, but through hashtags and then like I talk to them and I'm yeah. invested in their lives now after all these years and yeah I just no, don't, it's really, I don't really like cool Facebook. and you get to see people but the, the negativity out of it yeah and, and just can like, be way too much sometimes. oh yeah everyone wants so to share everyone's their... like I'm leaving Facebook oh they're back I'm leaving mm-hmm. Facebook oh they're back mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's weird the only reason I got back on Facebook was to share the podcast like honestly and um, because I have a lot of people on there that do, when I share the links, I'm getting way more from that than from anywhere else. But yeah, social media, I think living in this time, it's, you see some true colors and it just brings back that shame for us. Those people who are sharing it, I don't think they realize the damage it's done to us. Yeah. To this community. And I think that's why it's, why this means so much to me. Well, it was a rough year and then the politics and oh, the, that was in the, the vaccines and the masks and the blah. Negative, the, negative. It negative. was everyone. Mean, mean. Yeah. Can we just share our DIY projects? Yeah. We living in that sort of state. Like, I don't like any happen. of it. No. Yeah, no, I can't. Uh, it's very divisive. And which is what the enemy wants. That's what I said to my friend the other day when people say, you're not of this world. Do not be conformed to this world. And I was like. I think that that scripture translated into today's words would mean don't be hateful on social media because that's what the world's doing. And that's not what we're called to do. You yeah. know what I mean? Don't be conformed to the ways of this world. Don't be hateful and divisive on the internet. Mm-hmm. I'm sharing this not to be divisive, but to open people's eyes and hearts and fight for change and fight for people's salvation, I guess you would say, because I want them to know Jesus loves them. And I want the people who think that Jesus doesn't love them to know he absolutely does. I'm not trying to divide anyone. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's 
being of this world is that right now? The negativity. Hmm. You can be for something and you don't have to. What I what I read, I don't know if it was Oprah or Will Smith, I don't know. One of them said something one time because I like quotes and I like, you know, know. self-development videos and all that books. Um was like, what was it? Oh my gosh, it just left me. I don't know who said it. It was totally not Oprah or Will Smith. Um but like you can you can let people know what you're for without letting them know what you're against. Like you can be um like it would be like saying I'm pro life without being like I'm anti-abortion. Because when you're anti something, then you're just making that bigger. You're making what you don't want bigger. Mm-hmm. You're you're putting it on a pedestal. And so, instead of saying like I'm anti gays are going to hell. Well, I'm going to keep saying they're not. Um, but I am pro letting the LGBTQ people know and the straight people, everyone know that Jesus loves us. I'm pro that. I don't like the nasty stuff. I'm over it. I'm trying to figure out how to fix it, you know, Mm -hmm. but don't elevate and, um, almost worship the thing that you're against. Tell me what you're for. Don't say, oh, you're bad and you're a sinner. Say Jesus loves you. Who is Jesus? Not what are you against? I want to know what you're for. Mm-hmm. What are you for? That would be more inspiring to me than what you hate because that's just negative energy. Yeah. Which I do it too, especially at home. I know I'm guilty of it, but I'm safe with you. Yeah. This isn't Facebook. This is our home. I don't post about our fights on Facebook. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, come on, guys. Anyways, we went on a little tangent, but. um, Okay, so. with the shame thing I was like I was like really praying I'm like where does it come from and then I just did what I normally do which is look it up in the dictionary Mm -hmm. because that's what I was taught to do in third grade was you have a question go look in the encyclopedia and dictionary and do some research Mm -hmm. and um, then come back to me and so I did look up shame and it says Shame arises from a violation of cultural and social values, which being LGBTQ totally does. Um, And someone, like even a young kid came out to me the other day, like, I I think I'm a lesbian. And I was like, that's okay. And they were just so broken up about it. And then they're, and I was like, it's okay. What's wrong? And they're like, and I think I'm going to hell for it. And I was just like, oh, it just hit me like a ton of bricks, like, this is still happening. It's still very real. They still believe that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how do we change that? And and to like, this is a question to the listeners or the viewers or whatever. Like, I want to know if you're most likely, I mean, I used to believe the same thing being gay. I used to preach against it. And I've apologized or written a blog about it. But do you truly believe it in your heart? When you see someone like me or Madi, or you hear of a, a trans or gay person, whatever, that they are going to hell just for being themselves. Do you truly believe it in your heart or do you just believe it in your head from what you've been fed your whole life in church, by the media, whatever? Mm. Like, that's a question I'm thinking because it's like a, it's like faith is that thing where your head and your heart, like your head knowledge and your heart knowledge just come together and you think of it with God's wisdom or, you know, knowledge and you, you like really think about things 
that we've been taught so many things that they're ingrained in us. But do you believe it in your heart? Because I really don't think that a lot of people do. If they really think about it, like, do you honestly, in your deepest heart, take away what pastors have said, take away what you've read in the Bible, take away what you've been taught your whole life? Do you really believe that in your heart? And if you don't, help me fight for change. Yeah. For those kids, for those teenagers who are terrified to come out still because they are in a Christian home, very religious home. They don't have anyone to talk to. They don't have anyone to talk to. And if you're one of those kids who's struggling with that, please reach out. Please message me. I, I've told Monty a million times, there's nothing that brings me more joy and gratitude and also has me on my knees weeping that I'm not like, how did this become my life when people are sharing their stories with me? Yeah. Um, I had a video that I made, which is so silly. Go. It's like not viral, but it's my most viral TikTok video. And um, the comments and people sharing their stories on there. Like on day two, when we were traveling to Houston, I just like, I told you, I just started crying. I was just like, what? Yeah. Who am I? You know, I was just willing to share my story and share other people's stories. Because there's so many people who feel the same way or struggling the same way and and trying to let that trauma heal. And so it is. It's like you might believe it in your head because you've been told it, but you feel it in your heart. You really think that. And I, I challenge you to do some research. Question it. That's all. Do your own research. Um, so I was thinking about this story because I was like, I've been thinking about like, there's two things I want to share because I've never told you this. So I want to share. There's a go. Actually, there's three things I want to share with you because I think it would be cool to share Just with you. About it. Just two. Just okay. So I, okay. Um, when I was in Houston, I came out when I lived in Houston mm-hmm. and I had this friend and we were at Super Salads, which I miss Super Salads. It's so good. Um, and there was this like older lesbian couple sitting like the next row over like in a booth. And I was like, I knew obviously I hadn't broken up my engagement and I knew I was gay, but like, I just didn't think I would ever come out. I kind of swore I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm watching them and they just look like this nice couple. And I was just like thinking and praying. And I asked my friend, I was like, what if gay people are like angels and God's going to judge us based on how we treat them? Because I knew that 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 community had been mistreated Mm -hmm. and was less than and was seen as going to hell. But I didn't really believe that in my heart. Even though, and I knew I was gay, but I was like, I'm not going to come out because I'm not going to be accepted. And I thought that, and I asked her that, and I wanted to email her today and be like, do you remember when I said that? I don't remember what you said, but I remember that moment. And I feel like it was a moment where everything started to happen. It was before I had moved into my apartment and gotten kicked out of that internship and everything but um i it was like i started questioning things because i was like what if they're just angels in disguise and god's like how are you gonna treat them because mm-hmm. the world's told you different. yeah it made me think when of you it see anyone like that yeah i mean because you hear about the homeless and the adopted or uh, the orphans the adopted you hear about that mm-hmm. but what about the homeless lgbtq people or the orphan because we're orphans to the church 
if we're not welcome, right? Yeah. What about that? Like, think about it that way. And that's how I started thinking about things before I came out. Like, that was when the whole journey of God kind of, like, opening up my mind and my heart to learn to love myself. It was all to figure out to love myself. Mm -hmm. um, and that was, like, that moment where I was like, man, I remember that. That's crazy. Yeah. And then, because good. if we it's think true. about it that way, it's like, why are we so hateful? <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, I don't know. That is just a way for the question that I asked everyone just now, like, is it heart or head thing? Like, think about that. Like, I'm not saying it for my sake. I never say this for my sake. It's like, I'm good with who I am. I'm happy with my wife. I'm happy with my life. Happy wife, happy life. Um, you know, we're very blessed. It wasn't, it's not always an easy road, but we're fortunate. The, okay. And that's all God. Sure. And trusting him and, and jumping. And I was thinking about that too. It's like, how did I get where I got? And it was just when God said, jump, I jumped. It might have not been the first time, but I tried to always follow. Go to more. We were terrified to go to more. We went to more. Mm. We've never left more. You know, more is our church, if you don't know. Um, go get prayer and tell them you're gay. What? Okay. Tell them you want to sing. What? Okay, you know what I mean? Like, just trusting the Lord when he tells you. Because I, I was talking to a bunch of people on TikTok, like, commenting back, and they want a church like ours. And it's just like, God, show them where it is. <laughs> and I pray for them to hear and go, even though it's terrifying, because that might be there more. Yeah. You never know if it's that. We didn't expect it. And you got to make a You a have move. to step. Yeah. You can't just say, God, do this, God, do this. And then when he's, like, telling you and sending you the train, you don't get on the train. Um. And so that's like for people who have asked that and they and want that. And it might that. not even be the first one. It took us several different it ones did. too. And everyone was scary. Yes. But when we time. went into more, we we then, knew. Yeah. It was like instant. Yeah. It was weird. Yeah. We left like, what? That was crazy. <laughs> it was great. It yeah. was crazy. Um, so anyways, I thought that story was cool. Another thing that I've thought about, because I, I listened to something and I've never told you this. Um. Which is crazy. Like when I'm processing. <laughs> so like making this podcast is not the easiest thing because I'm trying to walk this line of I love the church, but I know the church has hurt this community and I love this community. and I know how much God loves them. Um, we have a very welcoming, loving church, but probably the only one in Amarillo. Safe to say. Um But I was so making this is hard because I'm all and then I'm always thinking, which I did anyways. Uh but it brings up old memories for me uh -huh. when I'm processing, like, okay, what are we going to talk about? Yeah. And I was, so if you don't know, Glee was the show that helped me come out of the closet. Santana Lopez. <laughs> God rest her soul. Um, still don't believe she's hot. Yeah. yeah, we both agree she's hot. Mm -hmm. She passed away this year. Anyways, uh. That was the that was the show and Pretty Little Liars that helped me come out because it was the first two shows that had a Hispanic and very pretty lesbian character um, that was young on the show and it like was like yep you're gay I knew I was gay and it gave me the courage to come out but I used to also think I'll just become an actress and then I can pretend I'm gay. <laughs> And then I don't actually have to come out. <laughs> I forgot that I thought that. 
I'll just become an actress and then I'll get on that show. I would be a terrible actress, I'm sure. Um, but that was like, that good. was like one way to rationalize how you could, I could satisfy that part of me, but not come out and deal with all the crap that came with coming out. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> You're funny. I know. I've never told you that. I think of really funny things when I'm trying to prepare for a podcast. Um, so to be on Glee. I did. I love Glee. Oh my gosh. I've watched it. I know. Five times. I was watching Glee when I met Maddie. I was watching it for the second time and just was going through like a really hard time. And I met Maddie and I was watching it. And we watched it too. And then I watched it again with you. I probably watched it three times all the way through. Like three. Oh my God, it's so good. Um, but okay, so back to my dad, and this is how we're gonna wrap it up. Cause I don't believe I've told you this yet. And I think cause because I was waiting to tell you on here. I might have told you. Maybe I did. I don't know. Anyways, with the red flag, because I didn't want to tell my dad, um, it's because I knew, obviously, that my dad did believe it was a sin. And that being said, he did believe that because I was gay, I was going to hell. Because that's what he was taught. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know this, but my mom told me this recently. And he doesn't even know I know this. But for the longest time, even after we had gotten married, dad would say, I love Monty. I love Leticia. I love them so much. I wouldn't want it any other way. But I'm so worried about her going to heaven. And my mom would, you know, reassure him, like, she's going to heaven. It's okay. And and this was this, like, thing on his heart. He loved his daughter. He loved you. He would. He's told me he would choose you over me if we got divorced. He loves you that much. <laughs> I mean, you know, like, it does yeah. get better. Just hold on to hope. I'm just saying that. Like, that wasn't the case in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But my whole family would choose you over me. They love you. You're mm-hmm. the best. Um, and I'm not saying this is not a bad thing. Like I love that they love you that much. But anyway, so my dad had prayed this for a couple years. I don't know how long. Um, but one night he had a dream and he went to heaven. Have I told you this? <laughs> and he went to heaven and, um, he knew he was in heaven and he was walking in. And the first thing he saw was you and me. That's why I needed to tell you on the podcast. And um, and mom told me this. And he woke up and he felt like that was God telling him she's okay. She's safe with me. And that's how big our God is. And so, um, sorry. But that's just so powerful that my dad, who believed that his whole life and loved us despite it, that the Lord was like, rest assured, they will be safe here with me too. And that's how he feels about every single one of his children. Um, And I just, if God can do that for us, he can do that for anyone. Because we're not special. We're no different. We just jump when we're told to jump. We make a podcast when we're told to make a podcast. And uh, yeah, I don't know what else to say. (laughs) But that's just... That's just yeah. the kind of faith you got to have. And that wasn't how it started for us. Yeah. It's not, dad thought it was a phase. Yeah. But yeah, God showed him that we were in heaven. And oh, we were the first so one he showed. I yeah, he didn't see his dad. He didn't see my grandma. He saw us. We were the first people he saw. And that's, that is what I want everyone to know and fight for. 
So with that being said, with us being a hot mess already crying, um, thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, please like and subscribe. Hit the bell, as my daughter would say, um, so you can get notifications when we put out a new episode. We did take a week off last week because we had a really busy week. We had some stuff, some personal stuff and a big, like a traveling and it's too much. Um, but we love doing this. Also, please, if you've experienced this, like leave that in the comments. We want to know your stories, reach out, share your stories. It means the world to me. I I feel so like, who am I? But I'm so thankful. And if there's things you want to ask, or there's little things that you want me and Maddie to talk about when we do an episode together, we would love to do that. So please share comments, share this with people, help me get the word out. Um, that's the only way this is going to grow and get into other people's hands. So as always, until next time, have a great one. Bye. Hey guys, thanks for listening to my mom's podcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button, turn on the notifications, and give this video a big thumbs up. Also, thanks for your comments and your feedback. Hey guys, thanks. <laughs> hey guys. Thanks for listening to my podcast. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm just going to hold my microphone today. <laughs> Cut. Get you to that plasma center. What? Give me to the plasma center? Start donating. I think it's a new bike. That's going in the, that's going in the bloopers. <laughs> you only make a ton of money. <laughs> Go to the plasma center. Damn right. My parents were poor. That's why mom went to the plasma center. Signing you up twice a day. <laughs> oh, you're so Oh my gosh, see what I do? She's just too <laughs> funny. <laughs> you have to start donating plasma. <laughs> You're so cute, boy. That's too funny. I wasn't in any other way. I gotta go call mom and tell her that. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's pretty funny. What's this?